Streaming live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. Happy New Year's. Welcome to Seeing yeah. No Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Princess Cooper, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Happy New Year's, Princess. Happy New Year. It's just good to hear your voice. It's just good to be back on radio. Not only did we take a break, but we had some technical difficulties for two straight weeks in a row but we've been back on now a week and a half, um, so I just had to get that in there. I'm I'm happy to hear your voice and just glad to be talking about sports again. Absolutely, absolutely. The only thing about after the New Year's is cold. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, kind of wish spring or fall was here, but it's okay. You know, it's normal. Grew up on the East Coast, born and raised, so I should be used to it by now, I guess you can say. Yeah. But Princess, yeah. you ready to talk some sports? I'm ready to do it, Brittany. Let's get into it. Huh, you know what? We're going to start with this particular game that happened, um, and that's college football, the college football championship. As we all know, Michigan beat Washington 34-13. to 13. So yeah. I just want to get your thoughts on this game. Well, you know, Brittany, as I said in the thread and, and, and I said to anyone that will listen to me, um, I was pulling from Michael Penix Jr. in his – um, sixth year in college football, grew up in the Tampa area, wanted to be an FSU Seminole, but at that time, Willard Taggart, the head coach for FSU, did not give him an offer. He ended up committing to um, Indiana University where he tore his ACL in one knee and then the next knee the next time. So he had plenty of um, just, you know, downtime, and then he eventually got back on his feet and then transferred to Washington Huskies. And the last year, just been tearing it up. I thought he was should have been the, the candidate or should have won um, the Heisman. So I was pulling for Penix Jr., but it was really the year of the Michigan Wolverine. Um, for your head coach to be suspended the first three games of the season and the last three games of the season, and you not miss a beat, and you still go 13-0 and um, and come up against the likes of Penn State, and beat Ohio State for three years in a row. It was the year of the Wolverine, and that played out in that national championship game. I thought they were the bigger bully. Um, they were running the ball. Um, Washington made adjustments and took that away. But in the end, I thought they were too much in the trenches uh, on the line for Washington and the Huskies. But Penix now could hold his head high. What an excellent year, over 4,000 yards passing over 30 um, touchdowns passing, you know, um, for sure. So let's get ready for the NFL. But I thought the national championship played out just right, Brittany. Um, Michigan against Alabama, Texas against Washington, both games were close. Um, They were evenly matched. I thought it was okay that the college football playoffs committee left out um, FSU, especially after uh, Jordan Travis got hurt. So, again, a good season for college football, heading now from four playoff games to 12 playoff games next year. Yeah, I'm excited about the 12 playoff games. So, Princess, I just want to say, 
you didn't have to mention Ohio State in this at all. Like, you really didn't. You, we didn't need to know that Michigan I thought about that once for you. Said it. Okay. <laughs> Three years in a row. No. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, of course, I did not want Michigan to win. I, I knew. I was. I figured they would win. I thought they were the better team, but just hoping some way, somehow, you know, like a magician pulls a rabbit out the hat, Washington can pull, pull it out. But we clearly seen who the better team was, and I agree um, with everything that you said. Washington bullied – I'm sorry, Michigan bullied Washington in the trenches, yeah. and it just looked like, especially in that first half, it just looked like Washington really couldn't do much of anything. And by the time mm-hmm. they really started getting things flowing, it was kind of at that point too late. Um, you know, and there was some big drop passes, though. If we really think about it, it was some big drop passes in the second yeah, half. Sure were. Um, and they just couldn't get things going. So, but kudos to Michigan. Uh, not, hopefully, I don't have to say that ever again for the rest of my life. <laughs> but kudos to Michigan. Uh, um, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting if if Harbaugh decides to stay or go. We still don't know. I know when he was in a press conference, he he stated. He sounded like he was coming back, talking about spring training and things like that. But you know what these coaches play to the, with the media? They play with the media all the time. They're not going to tell you the whole truth right after the championship. But I do have yeah. a question for you, Princess, um, with Penix. Did I say his last name? Right, right, Penix. Um, yeah. You know, he was, I think, maybe the top quarterback or one of the top quarterbacks coming out of the draft, correct, um, for this year. Do you think this particular game, because he didn't necessarily have his best game, do you think this particular game could have potentially hurt his NFL, um, uh, where he gets picked in the NFL draft? Oh, for sure. Um, as some of the guys say, I, I, I think I'm on that same page with some of the guys as they spoke on radio this, this week, and that is I think he lost some money in that game. Um, there were some drop passes, but I didn't think he saw the field as well. And and the reason he didn't see the field as well is because I thought Michigan's defense gave him a lot of looks that confused him. So I think he lost some money. Now can he recover? I don't know if he's invited to the Senior Bowl, but I know the combine is coming up, and I know then, of course, there is his individual workouts that he gets to do and his pro day at his own university that will help him help him out. But right now, as of today, he lost some money. Um, in his performance in that game. And I thought some drop passes helped to do that, too. His offensive line had him running. Um, So there were a lot of reasons, but, yes, I think this is going to make an impact. I hope he recovers from this, from this point on, headed into the combine, and then after that, pro day. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, Hopefully his pro day can help him uh, big time. Um, But I, I I felt like he lost some money a little bit as well. Excuse me. Um, it just wasn't his best day at all. It wasn't. He's such a talented quarterback. He really is. But this was the moment of high pressure. Uh, this is the big stage, and a lot of scouts they look at how you perform. They care less what happens in week one, two, or three. You make it to that championship game. They want to see how you play in this particular game. The high stakes, high rewards all of that, a lot of pressure, a lot of lights and cameras yeah. on you. Um, and he didn't necessarily show up. Now, to me, that doesn't necessarily speak to his talent, per se, but we all know how the NFL world works. 
So, and unfortunately, yeah. that's how they work. But hopefully, he could redeem himself um, with the off-season programs or with the NFL draft uh, programs. So, but we'll see what happens. Well, you know what? Also, uh, as as much as I'm sorry to interrupt, as much as this game didn't bode well for him, his game against the University of Texas was spot on. Mm-hmm. And and as a matter of fact, I I thought he was he only um maybe only two passes, you know, um, pimps that were not caught in that first half or maybe one pass, mm-hmm. he was spot on in, in, in the semi-game. So let's just see what happens. You know, that if this game didn't do it for him, that other game was really good. But you, as you said, I like what you said, under the bright light, when the pressure is on, it's a championship game, you got to bring your A game. And I don't know if we can just blame it all on the offensive line, although – there were some times where he was running for his life, but he had some clean throws too, and he missed them, and sometimes they dropped them. Just not a good game overall. Um, and I don't know if the game was really ever in doubt. Michigan looked that good. Absolutely. But, Penix, we do wish you the best. We know you're going to be Amen. in the NFL. Um, yeah. And he's still overall a very talented quarterback with a very bright future. And I just want to say this before we move on. Jalen Hurts, you hear that, right? The pressure is on <laughs> under the bright light <laughs> with the cameras rolling. It's playoff time, so get your life together. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Just had to throw that out there. Uh, let's move on. Um, before we get into the predictions of the NFL wild card, I just want to talk about a couple of NFL coaches. The first one, after 24 years, six Super Bowls, nine AFC Nine AFC championships, I believe, and I think it was about 17 AFC, I think they're the AFC East, I believe, AFC East titles. My goodness. The Patriots and Bill Belichick decided to part ways. Whew, what a long history. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? My, My thoughts are is that it really came down to the past two years of ineptness and Bob Kraft wanted to make um, a change. And you could see and hear from Belichick, who said he would be willing to take a lesser role, and that means give up his GM position and just focus on coaching. So Belichick really wanted to stay. But Robert Kraft wanted to make a change, and here we are, 25 years together, um, and six Super Bowls, as you said, 17 AFC East championships, and um, a new era is about to start. Now, there's part of me that says that he was one of the best at cheating, but you can't just say cheating right here at this moment. Um, He had a formula for winning, and he had probably the best quarterback that we've ever seen, you know, in, in NFL football. And we've seen some good ones come through the NFL, but there was none better than Tom Brady, um, with his work ethic, with his film study, with his uh, just leading by example for that team. So this is the end of an era. And to have two, um, you know, decided for other reasons that they're no longer, longer going to be with their teams um, within a 24-hour period is powerful. you got to give Belichick his due. I know New England has said, even though the last two years have been um, dismal at best, um, he goes down as a legend, doesn't he? The most um, Super Bowl championships ever by any coach. Yeah. Um, 
I was I thought they would maybe give him one more year um, to try to figure it out. I guess mm-hmm. that year was this past season. Well, was, yeah. I guess we're still going into the season. But um, I guess that year was this season. I was a little surprised. I, I'm going to be honest. I was a little surprised that they decided to part ways. But I do understand where Robert Kraft was coming from. Um, mm-hmm. For football, to me, the Patriots and football was kind of like the Lakers in basketball. Like, there's a standard that was set, mm-hmm. and you have to rise to that standard. If you do not rise to that standard, there's a problem. And I think Bill Belichick has had many of opportunities after Tom Brady has left to figure it out, and he just wasn't able to figure it out, unfortunately. Um, but Bill Belichick, you have to give him credit. Kudos to him. He has had an amazing head coaching career, an amazing GM role, um, just overall control of that organization. Robert Kraft, kudos to him for trusting Bill Belichick. Um, six Super Bowls is hard in the NFL. It's hard really in any when in six championships hmm. is hard in really any uh, level of sport across all sports. Um, so he absolutely did an incredible, incredible job. So kudos to him. We know he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but I do have one more question to come forward with this. Do you think Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time? In the NFL? In the, in the NFL? NFL? Yes. Yes. It's, it's a measurement. And, and the, the barometer is wins versus losses and championships versus no championships. He's got to be the best of all time. You know, mm-hmm. no other coach has three, do they? Um Maybe Landry. I don't know. Uh, gosh, I don't, I don't think any other coach has three. Parcells didn't have have three, and and and, and mm-hmm. I'm reaching here now just because I can't think of um, head coaches. But yes, my my answer is yes. Is is it pains me to grow up a Miami Dolphins fan? I'm so glad to see him go. But um, you know, if we're just being a purist and and talking about the game of football, I think for the most part he's a winner. And six uh, Super Bowl championships, um, I, I think, speaks volumes. <sighs> see, me, it's, it's like, see, I'm not, I guess for me, I don't know if I can go off of how many rings you win. Because if I do that, then I have to then say, I feel for basketball, Phil Jackson is the greatest of all time. Or I feel, um, Oh, my goodness, there's another one in there. I can't think of them. Um, you know, a couple other head coaches are the greatest of all time because of how many championships they have in totality. Yeah, Red Arbach, Boston Celtics, you know. Right. Um, you know, so I, I see what you're saying, but I, like I, that was my qualifier. If that is what we're talking about, wins versus losses, championships, if that is the barometer, mm-hmm. he's got to be the best. But now if that's not, then I have a problem with him too because I, I – I didn't like his. I didn't like his coaching style. I didn't like his coaching, uh-huh. um, and I, I definitely didn't like his um, willingness to cheat. But then Ladanian Tomlinson said, "If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying." So, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, well that that don't that don't work in school, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. <laughs> they sure they do stuff like that. But no, for <laughs> me, um, I don't think Bill Belichick is the greatest NFL coach of all time. I think he's one of the greatest. Um, I wouldn't, you know, disrespect him in that matter. Um, I just look at it 
from he had Tom Brady during his years of winning, you know, and Tom Brady, we can say, is the greatest quarterback of all time by far. I think, well, you know what, well, I'll say one of the greatest quarterbacks. So in my mind, he's probably number 12 was something special. You could put him with any receiver you want, whether Hall of Fame receiver Randy Moss or not, he's going to win. He's going to somehow figure it out and win. My question with my problem with Bill Belichick is prior to the Patriots, I don't think he had one winning season, or he may he he may have only had one winning season (laughs) prior to Tom Brady, and I believe he was the head coach of the Browns, if I can recall. Mm -hmm. After Tom, he and Nick Saban. Nick Saban was the coach up under him, which I did not know until today. Yeah. So and then after Tom Brady, he got worse. And worse. <laughs> Tom Brady said, I don't need you. You need me. Remember that. Tom Brady left to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl. What has Bill Belichick done since Tom Brady? Didn't Nothing. accomplish anything prior to Tom Brady, and he didn't accomplish anything after Tom Brady. So when I look at the greatest coach of all time, I need to see continued success and, or consistency in your success. I think there's other head coaches who may not necessarily have the Super Bowls because they didn't have a Tom Brady on their team who was able to maintain that consistency across all many years. Maybe they have one or two uh, uh, poor years because they're trying to rebuild their team. I did not see that with Bill Belichick. You know, um, I don't think Andy Reid's the greatest head coach, head coach of all time, but to me, I might, he only has two rings, but I might put him up above Bill Belichick only because not only was Andy Reid able to adjust and change his his, his game to match the time, um, but to me, you could drop Andy Reid anywhere. He could coach anybody up. I don't think Tom, uh, Bill Belichick has that ability to, and that's my only issue, but Again, I'm going to give him his respect. Both Rangers, like you said, Francis, no other head coach has in this league. And um, so and that, so because of that, he is one of the greatest head coaches in the NFL. I'm just not giving him number one. Yeah. You know, Kevin just sent us um, a, a stat in the thread. Um, uh, Bill Belichick had six uh, Super Bowl wins. Um, Chuck Noll had four. Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs had three. So, um, and we're talking about some legendary coaches and Chuck Noll and Bill Walsh, mm-hmm. Joe Gibbs. I've forgotten, forgotten about him. I think Andy Reid has two. Um, Kevin said there's ten others with two. So, um, but now if we go on that standard, and you're right, before Tom Brady and after Tom Brady, and Tom Brady left and said, hey, I can win elsewhere, and went to Tampa Bay and won in year one, won a Super Bowl, in year one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So um, you got to have some luck. But I do say this, and I, you, you hinted to it mm-hmm. too and talked about it. Whatever exchanges Bill Belichick put in there on offense or defense, wide receivers or running backs, whether they were coming out of rookies or they were has been somewhere else, when they got to, to New England, those pieces worked so well as long as mm-hmm. Tom Brady was there. And they did. They were interchangeable. And, and like you said, Randy Moss, but several other um, um, wide receivers that would go across that middle, um, you know, that was that Debo Samuels type, and I can't believe I'm saying that. But, um, you know, <laughs> so, you know, um, 
But if the barometer is championships and wins and losses, I don't see how you, you don't give him some, some credit there as the best ever. But now, otherwise, I've never been a Belichick fan. Made me sick. I'm, I'm in my Kevin Walker's voice. I, I don't like him. Can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, again, kudos to Bill Belichick. Congratulations. Um, long run. It's going to be interesting to see if he goes anywhere else or he just calls it quits. I'm not exactly sure. I feel like he loves the game a little bit too much, so my prediction is he's going to find somewhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eagles fans, no. I don't want Bill Belichick. Because if Bill Belichick does not have Tom Brady, we're not doing nothing. So I don't want Bill Belichick. Well, let's find somewhere else to go. Unless he wants to be a defensive coordinator. That's a little bit different um, conversation to have. <laughs> but he's not doing that. All right, Princess, let's move on. Um, okay. So in the NFL, because as we know, there outside of Bill Belichick, there are many more uh, coaches who were to get let go. Just some examples. Uh, Mike Babel, if I said that right, Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, Arthur Smith, mm-hmm. Pete Carroll, so forth, so forth. Which coach um, to be let go was most surprising to you? Oh, Pete Carroll. Um, Ron Rivera, I expected for sure. Um, Ray, you know what? Rabel was a surprise too, but there was a lot of conversation around that. And they were saying, okay, if Belichick is let go, this is the option, but let's see what the Titans do. But the one that I did not see coming all day and twice on Sundays was Pete Carroll. Um, there was, I, I don't think there was ever any conversation. So obviously, you know, that after action review, that meeting after the season is over where you sit down and talk about the wins and losses or um, the good and the bad, there were some challenges, and there was some conversation that said, well, if, you know, if that's the way you feel, I'm willing to walk. Or, you know, if that's the way you feel, I'm going to let you walk. You know, there, there obviously was some hard meetings behind the scenes with the Seahawks, and it ended in this conversation, um, we're going to part ways. There is no denying that because no one saw that coming. As a matter of fact, we come out of the Seattle Seahawks season and go, wow, they almost made the playoffs, and wow, um, Geno Smith is better than I ever thought. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 we also said that Pete Carroll is a young 72, um, but that was the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, I don't think I could disagree with you. Um, Arthur Smith, we kind of figured that would eventually come to an end. You know, look, trying to turn around a young team is difficult, but in this league, you need to have results, and they just didn't have results. For some reason, they couldn't even figure out how to throw the ball to their best player in Kyle Pitts, which blows my mind. Kyle Pitts is a weapon like no other, a young weapon, mm-hmm. and you can't figure out how to give him get him the ball. I, I was shocked there. Um, Ron Rivera, we... go ahead, Princess. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I'm sorry, you heard me there. That whole um, Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, I said around week 10, week, week 11, just go ahead and let them just, just not play anymore this year. Who, who <laughs> wants to see either team? You know, and, and, I, and I'm being serious here. And, and the Falcons should be ashamed of themselves to have B. John Robinson at running back and Kyle Pitts as your tight end who's versatile, mm-hmm. who can line up as a wide receiver. And you don't have a quarterback that can get him the ball or who's, who's even targeting them and for their offense to be as inept as it was and not to live up to the expectations 
was a travesty. And this is not the first year for the Falcons. If the Falcons and the Panthers cannot field a better team, and the Panthers are just a shame because you're getting number one picks. You're getting top five picks, it seems, every year because this is where you are post-Cam Newton. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and just, you know, just just take off the rest of the season if this is the product you're putting on the field every week. Sorry yeah, about that. I, no, you're fine. I, I completely 100% agree. I can't even say anything else because you done said it all. Um, those two teams <laughs> were, I'll be honest, were pathetic. And it's not like they don't have talent. They have talent. We're not expecting you go 10 and uh Ten and seven now, you know, but mm-hmm. you gotta win more than one or two games. You know, look like a, at least somewhat of a professional NFL team. They look terrible. They they really did look terrible. Um, and I agree, the product they put on the field was horrible. So, uh, and they have Drake London. I think he's still over there, and he's a very talented wide receiver. But you don't hear about him because he's on the wrong team. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. Babel. If I said, did I say his name, Mike Babel? I'm. I guess it was it's his D-R-A-B-E-L. time to go. I think you said it. We're saying it right. You got it. Yeah. Go ahead. I think I do think it was his time to go. After a while, I know some people were shocked about him getting fired. I'm sorry, him getting let go. Um, but I think it was his time to go because they weren't doing anything. Regardless of who your quarterback is, again, it's all about results. Um, and I felt like all they were doing was it was. I guess kind of predictable. You would give it to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry would do his thing. Um, after a while, defense are going to stop it. He's going to crowd the box. And then Ryan Tannehill is not the best quarterback in the world. You can't seem to figure out your receiver situation. You, de- you do have D-hop, but the offensive line is not the best. For you. So it was just, to me, just not the best situation. You lost your all-pro and Kevin Byer. Um, it was just it was time for them to ch- make a change, um, but I think Mike Vabro is still a pretty decent coach and he'll find somewhere to go. But my surprise he'll be in high. Coach. I'm sorry, he'll be in high demand. But they when they gave away or traded, and I don't know which one it was. I think traded AJ Brown. The writing was on the wall, wasn't it? I mean, if yeah. you're sitting there with Tannehill as the serviceable quarterback with Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. You have a three-headed monster on offense. But once that happens, mm-hmm. and I don't know if A.J. Brown demanded that, wanted that, I'm not sure. But once that happened, it was all downhill after that. It, it really was. The writing was on the wall then. Yeah, it was. Um, he didn't want to leave. It's funny because he didn't want to leave. They didn't want to pay him. That was the problem. They didn't want to oh. give him a decent contract. And the funny thing is he didn't necessarily ask for what the Eagles gave him, but he just wanted – to be respected as far as his contract. And they said, well, we don't want to pay you this much. We're just going to trade you. And I thought that was one of the biggest mistakes they could have made because they were at least a playoff team when he had all mm-hmm. those guys together. Um, and then once they traded him, they couldn't find a, a quality replacement for him. They had D-Hop, but D-Hop is hurt a lot of times and not always on the field. So we'll see what happens. But I agree with you, Princess. My most uh, surprising uh, Coach Tabuleco was absolutely Pete Carroll. It was completely unexpected for me. I have heard that he is going to stay with the organization in the front office position. I don't know how mm-hmm. much I believe that because he seems like he loves and enjoys coaching. Um, I even might think it could potentially be a mistake because um, I think he's great at developing players. You know, look what he yeah. looks what what he's done with Geno Smith, Russell Wilson. Uh, defensively, look what he did. You know, 
when they had the legend, the Legion of Boom, you know, um, currently what this young team is doing defensively now, they're, they're just all young players on that defensive side, but they produce. You know, they're not the best defense, but they produce, and they have good, decent games every so often. So I honestly think letting go Pete Carroll was a mistake. If Nick Sirianni doesn't work out in Philadelphia, I hope somehow the Eagles can pluck him from the Seattle organization. If he does, sit in the front office because I love Pete Carroll as a coach, and my understanding the players love him as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, my biggest surprise is yours is, is, is Pete Carroll. Let's see what happens. And um, he's talking, though, like he's not burnt out and he's, he wants to coach. I don't know if he stays in the front office and take, accepts that position. Um, I, I think he's going to test the, the, the market out there and see what happens. And um, no one can be interviewed until, I think, after the, the Super Bowl. Yep. So we got, we got a ways to see what happens. But I, I think he comes back and coaches for someone with eight um, openings in, in the NFL as it stands right now. Yeah, that is true. No one can be open after the Super Bowl. That happened, that law, that recent rule was changed because of what happened with the Eagles last year. Uh, <laughs> with Jonathan uh, yeah, Jennings, right. and then I think the Eagles was a little frustrated because they didn't have anybody to choose as far as coordinators. So to really interview because they were all gone. But, Princess, we got to go to your main man now. We have to talk about him. He was with this team. I I said that sarcastically. He was with this Uh team for, I believe, 17 years. And I think he has, oh, man, how many championships does he have? He has quite a few. Was it five or six or so? I can't remember. For college football championships, I'll look that up while – he has, he has six national championships with the, the Alabama Crimson Tide and one with LSU. And, and yeah. I'm glad that you said that in just oh, – Nick Satan is gone. <laughs> and I, I am so happy. I've been asking for this for years. And finally, when I stopped, when I gave up on it, um, you know, it was delivered to me. So, Amen. Well, I was going to ask for your thoughts, but I guess you just kind of told us your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> but do you think it was the right move for Alabama or for Nick Saban to finally say, you know what, I, I, it's time for me to to retire and allow Alabama to turn the tide to someone new? Well, yeah, I think it was the right move. I actually saw part of his interview um, that, some gosh, I can't remember his name, went there today and interviewed him. It was supposed to have aired live at 6 o'clock, but they showed a partial view of it. And he said, well, what happened? And he said, well, he said, I'm getting older. And he said, working till you know, 2 a.m. at night and getting back up at 6 a.m. doesn't hit the same as it used to. When I was younger, I could do it all the time. And um, he said, when I came back and, you know, we were, I was interviewing coaches. And then I had a team meeting at 4 o'clock. And he started thinking, well, I have five minutes to decide whether I'm going in here and give the pet talk for next year or I'm going to tell them that I'm going to, going to go ahead and sit down and retire. And I decided in that five minutes that it was time to go. But I do believe, Brittany, that the name, image, and likeness, name, you know, NIL, the transfer portal, and the amount of money that has been thrown out there now has leveled the playing field 
with the Alabamas mm-hmm. of the world. So uh, FSU in uh, Florida who has trustees with that type of money too can go ahead and compete for some of these five stars. And I think he decided that, okay, with this being the wild, wild west of college football, let me go ahead and bow out now. What else do I have to prove with six national championships with Alabama and one with LSU? There's no other coach that's close to that. Um, And at 72, him himself, what else does he have to prove? And he gets an opportunity because it was weighing on him, and he said this was his toughest year, although his best year as far as enjoying the players, but he said it it started to get to him. He said he's weighed just the last three years, and this year um, it happened. But I think NIL and transfer portal and the, the, you know, and how you're able to transfer now has really gotten to him. And by the way, because he decided to retire, the Alabama players now have 30 days to transfer and decide if they're going to stay or go. It's funny that you said that because now I'm sitting here, and I never really thought about that until you just mentioned how the NIL potentially or most likely impacted his decision to retire. Um I'm starting to feel like I'm going to put him in the same category of a Bill Belichick when it comes to being considered the greatest coach of all time, just on a college level. It did even the playing field, or it's definitely heading in that direction. It has gone in that direction. And it's just saying he's so used to getting the top-tier talent out of high school, you know, or, you know, players coming into college football, and he's so used to coaching these super extremely talented some of them are pro-ready <laughs> at a young age in Alabama, but the NIL, all, some of the top-tier talent is now headed to other schools. So I'm sitting here wondering if he stayed, will he be the coach that we see him now, when an all-time, you know, a great winning coach in college football, will he have maintained that consistency, similar to Bill Belichick, if he stayed during this time, but without him getting – or, you know, as you're so used to getting it, but no longer able to get the top-tier talent, um, whether in the transfer portal or coming out of high school. And I'm wondering if he started to recognize that. He said, you know what, I'm out. Yeah. I know it's just a thought that I just threw out there, but I'm really – I think I might have to put him in that same category now. <laughs> he got out before – he got out, though – before the downfall started. And right. lo and behold, he beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. And and I could see that coming because as, as dominant as Georgia was, there was no way they could go two straight years with no defeat. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, you can't do it, not with 18 to 21 years. And they almost pulled it off. But <clears throat> Nick Saban got him at the right time. And, and then ended up getting into the college football playoffs. But think about this. Not only did he win six national championships with Alabama, he had 49 NFL first-round picks with Alabama. 49 first-round picks in the NFL. And he had four Heisman Trophy winners. Not one, not two, not three in my Kevin Walker, LeBron James voice, but Four. Wow. He had nothing I'm, to prove. I'm wondering how many of those players coming out of high school were considered to be 
the top at the position, and he was able to grab him. So that's my other question. He, but there was a point where he had 11 five stars on one team. 11 five stars. That's a lot. But the <laughs> the the playing field is different now because I yes. can go get somebody at a transfer portal. And not only do you have to go and recruit, you got to recruit your own players at the end of the season. He didn't like mm-hmm. that. you got to go convince him to stay. You know, and Carson yes. Beck from the University of Georgia said, I want to stay with Georgia. I want to come back next year, but I'm going to need $4 million in NIL to stay. Somehow well, next say, week they got that. I'll say this. One coach and Nick Saban decided to get out at the right time, so we would never know really how it would have been um, if he would have stayed, how his coaching career would have gone if you would have stayed um, as the NIL continues to mm-hmm. level the playing field. So he left at the right time. So, yes, I have to then put him as one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach um, in college football. But the other coach, Bill Belichick, I can't put you up there, Seth. I'm sorry. <laughs> you stayed and you showed us without Tom Brady is just not it. You're not the coach to go with. And unless you yeah. get another coaching job, like the New York Giants, for instance, and if you could take a team like that and make them a Super Bowl winning coach, then I would completely change uh, 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 my mind. But right now, I can't. But on back <laughs> on Nick Saban, I have to give him kudos. Um, you know, from what you hear from the players, I've heard Jalen Hurts talk about him a little bit earlier. You know, mm-hmm. they they love his mind. They love, you know, how relatable he was to the players. They love how hard he coaches. Um, uh, uh, um, I don't think, but it's funny, I don't think I agree. None of them really sat down, <laughs> said, sat down and said he was sitting at my, my, my table to recruit me. But it all said they were excited to play for him, decided to be coached by him, um, and he yeah. made a major impact in their lives. And most of them, yeah. like you said, are in the NFL to this day. So and there you go. And if you were, I think you drafted in the first round, um, he owns a Mercedes dealership in, in, in Tuscaloosa. Um, if you were drafted in the first round, you have to come back and get your own free Mercedes. You know, um, uh, I don't feel bad for Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. They, they've lived the life. And um, for, a lot, for a lot of the standards, they succeeded. So kudos mm-hmm. to them. I'm glad Nick Saban is gone. I've been praying for a while. Now, like I said, I can get Kirby Smart out of that. I don't want him to come back and dominate now. And, oh, look, we got Texas and Oklahoma joining. All right. You hear that, Ohio State? Time to get back <laughs> on the ball. Uh, yeah. You ain't got to worry about yeah. Alabama anymore. Hopefully hardball leaves soon, too. Um, <laughs> all right, mm-hmm. Chris, let's get into these NFL wild card playoff predictions because it is dun-dun-dun playoff time. Yeah. It is playoff time. Uh, this is the most exciting time in NFL football. If your team is at home, I'm sorry. It's okay. It'll be next year. <laughs> but if your team is playing, let's get ready to roll. <laughs> All right, let's go to the first game. Um, Browns at the Texans. Who do you, what is your prediction for this game? Well, <clears throat> what, what a neat um, 
uh, matchup, first of all, with C.J. Stroud as probably the potential rookie of the year. I don't see who beats him out on the offensive side. Um, and then you have Joe Flacco, who was um, bagging groceries. And, I, and I'm probably being a little bit facetious right now, but Joe Flacco, um, if I'm not mistaken, won a Super Bowl championship with, with, with Ray Leonard. And that whole, did I get it right? Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis in that group. So mm-hmm. um, look at this matchup. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, C.J. Stroud has the most passing yards of any quarterback um, in the league this year. But here we are, the Texans and the Browns. But I'm picking the Browns because I think they have more experience at the quarterback position. Um, he's been there, done that. But I also like their defense. And even though I'm a D'Amico Ryan fan, what he has done to go from three wins to what they have, eight or nine wins this season, is amazing. And he has them in the playoffs his first coaching year as a head coach. But I just think the Browns are going to come out victorious. I like that that defense um, headed by, I think, Graham, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Is it Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with them uh, to beat them. And, And how crazy is this? Deshaun Watson, $170 million, um, or 200 and some million guaranteed, right. and you get hurt, and they go get a bargain in Joe Flacco, and he comes out and looks flawless um, in the last four or five games, and they're in the playoffs. I think they win this one, and I'm going to say they win 24-17. Yeah. I love the Texans. Um, I think I'm one of two people. I was on K-Walk show last night, and they had a guest, K. He said he went with the Texans as well to to win a, the, a, the, their division. Um, I, I love C.J. Stroud. I love me some D'Amico Ryans. I've loved him forever now. Um, and just his football IQ, is to me, is amazing. You can see on the field mm-hmm. with this very young team, knows how to coach this team, and he knows how to develop players, and that's what you want in a head coach. Um, but I just think experience is important. It's the playoff time, and it's very important to have experience. And I just don't think the Texans have enough experience. They're still a very young team. They haven't been to the playoffs in a long time, and I think experience will win out on this one. Joe Flacco, like you said, is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and so forth. Um, and then they have that monster, like you said earlier, in Miles Garrett, who to me may be the top defensive or pass rusher in the game. I don't care what anybody says. When I see a guy have two players follow him and then he causes a, a false start by just walking to the other side of, the, uh, um, of his team or the other side of the field, that's amazing. Well, I see him jump up and block. Uh, a field goal, you know, he is technically unstoppable. Offensive linemen cannot un- cannot stop him. They don't double or triple team him. They're literally scared of him. So, but because of that, I'm going with the Browns as well. I'm going to say, I guess I'm about the same. I'm going to say about 23 to 14. So close to your score, but I see 23-14. Wow. Okay. Next game. Oh, this is going to be the cold game. I think this is the game on Peacock, unfortunately. Yep. Um, I'm going to pick up Peacock. I used to have it. I'm going to pick him up because I'm watching this game. Yeah, I want to watch. I have to figure it out some way, somehow. Uh, <laughs> and if they 
I think they have an advisory for dangerous cold weather. This is yeah. Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. What is your prediction for this game? My thoughts first is that this is inconsistent team versus inconsistent team for different reasons. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm really hurt that Tua didn't do more against Buffalo in that game. I, I thought, you know, um, Josh Allen did enough with two interceptions to try to give it to him. But here we are, the Dolphins and the Chiefs, and I am a born and raised Floridian. Um, and those dolphins down there in Miami don't know what really cold is. And even if you you were born in a winter town, you get acclimated to that 70-degree weather, um, whether it's March or whether it's December. You get acclimated to that. And I think they're going to suffer with the Chiefs. I heard um, Sports Talk with K-Walk, and they were talking, and they say that the dolphins go in there and beat the brakes off the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs have their problems. And they have wide receivers that don't seem to want to catch the ball. But I think Patrick uh, Mahomes' magic comes. They're at home. I think the weather plays a huge part. And um, I think the Chiefs take this one. I I think that weather is really going to get to the Dolphins. And I hope that they're there now because it gets mighty cold and you got to get used to it. And one degree weather. (laughs) <laughs> one degree weather is no joke, and I think it says it starts at eight degrees at kickoff time. But I'm picking the Chiefs in this one. I cannot go against what I've seen Patrick Mahomes do in years past, and I'm going to say that somehow he um, finds that crystal ball that's kind of been missing all all year and finds some magic, um, makes Travis Kelsey, um, uh, Mr. Swifty himself, a target, and they win this game. Um, and don't throw it to Kadarius Tony. So I'm going to give him a pass here. I think this is a low-scoring game. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's 17 to 10, 14 to 10, something like that. I don't think there are a lot of – I think the, the weather becomes the um, the 12th man in this one, and, and whoever navigates that will win this game. But I'm going T, 17-10. Yeah, I'm very curious about this game. In that cold, um, I don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs players are going to be used to playing in this type of cold, um, but at least they have an advantage. The only player I give to the Dolphins side would be Tyreek Hill, but it's been a couple years, and your body readjusts to that nice warm weather in Florida. I agree with you, because I think that's going to have a major impact in the game. And as much talent as the Dolphins have, like you said, they're the definition of inconsistency. Yeah. It's like one game, they, they'll blow the Broncos out when the Broncos are you know, trying points. to figure things out. World beaters, but, 70 points. But, and then you – I don't know. Yeah, right. And then they go up against a winning team, and they can't seem to figure out. Well, the Chiefs are a winning team, and then you're going to the Chiefs' house. Um, yeah. So, yes, the Chiefs have a lot of drops. <laughs> those those players mm-hmm. cannot figure out how to <laughs> hold on to that ball. Um, but so do the – so does the the Dolphins, believe it or not. You know, I've seen games where the Dolphins had drops in crucial moments. They could make a big play, but they dropped the ball. Tyreek, had, Tyreek Hill has had a number of big-time drops this game as well. And then another thing with the Chiefs is they have Chris Jones. Chris Jones yeah. is a major disruptor for all quarterbacks. I don't care who you are. And Tua... He's going to come for you. I don't think that offensive line is going to be able to handle Chris Jones one-on-one. You cannot do it. You have to figure out how to double-team him and make sure you know where he is at all times. 
but then I think they have enough on the ends if you double Chris Jones to free up somebody else on the ends. In that case, and they also have Patrick Mahomes and the wonderful, great, in my opinion, Andy Reid. So I'm going to go with Andy Reid and these Chiefs. Um, I do think it'll be a close game because those receivers is a is a is a big issue. Um, I'm going mm-hmm. to say maybe twenty one seventeen. I think it's going to be a, a a close game, and I'm not even sure if it's going to be a high scoring game. To be honest with you, it might be, but I'm going to go twenty one seventeen. Yeah, Next you know, game. and the X factor here. I'm sorry, Brittany. It's Tyreek Hill. Um, how much mm-hmm. of their plays on offense have they changed the signals? Change how they call them, but of course, because of course. Tyreek Hill knows that offense, so they've had to do some adjustments. But I, yes. if I'm going um, Andy Reid versus, gosh, I can't remember his name, with the Miami Dolphins, I'm going Andy Reid, and I think they'll be ready for this game, um, and I mm-hmm. think Andy Reid will, will coach this. And, again, the weather is a factor, but I just can't go against Mahomes either. If I'm picking offense, defense, special teams, if I'm picking, you know, quarterback play, I'm going with one that's already been there, done that, um, in the big moments, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Let's see what they do. Um, I, I think they're just a better team um, for sure. Um, and when it comes down to one game, I'm going to go with the, the biggest eliminator that I've seen the past three or four years, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I will say the Dolphins will, if two things happen with the Chiefs, the Dolphins can overcome it. The receivers become a major issue in Japanese passing. Yep. And the lack of adjustment that the Chiefs will not make from halftime to uh, after the half. Good We've point. seen it over the course of this season. I love Andy Reid, but I will say that is one flaw in his coaching ability. He's not the best coach at making adjustments throughout the game. Um, mm-hmm. Greatest pre-planning uh, uh, coach prior to the game. Yeah. But during the game, he struggles, and we see that this year. I said that Eric Bieniemy leaving may cause that may create a, a big problem. We're seeing that this year. So the Dolphins, if that happens, then the Dolphins can. I'm not sure if that's going to be enough for the Dolphins to win. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let's go to the next game. Most of us are happy they made it in, but still shocked <laughs> they made it in. And that is <laughs> going to go from the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Your prediction. Well, a shout-out to, to Mike Tomlin because I buried you in week six or seven and said there's something wrong with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you pull, you know, a rabbit out of the hat and start Mason Rudolph from right here in, in South Carolina out of Lancaster, Rock Hill area. And and you all are winning now and looking good. So, um, and I want the Steelers to win. Uh, even though I can't stand that whole terrible towel thing, um, I think Mike Tomlin is, is kind of cute. Um, but I'm not a Josh <laughs> Allen fan. Um, I'm not a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm not a Buffalo Bills owner fan who says if you don't like the way we run things here and we don't hire blacks in our our front offices, then go get your own team and then you can do what you want. So they lost me then. Um, and, and maybe that's maybe a political statement, but I'm picking the Steelers to – um, I'm rooting for the Steelers to beat the Bills. Now, from a football stand, standpoint, I don't know if you can just discount Josh Allen. When he's on, he's on. And even when he's off sometimes, he can steal first downs with his legs. 
Um, he is really a good quarterback, even in the midst of throwing so many um, INTs. They're at home um, in cold weather, but Pittsburgh is used to that too. I'm saying this is going to be a close one, 21-20 Buffalo, but I want the Steelers to win. But I'm saying Buffalo comes out of this round. Yeah, for those who don't know, my second team is the Steelers. It has been that way since I was a kid. Um, first team will always be the Eagles, but I guess, you know, I've decided to be in the Pennsylvania state lines. Um, I fell in love with the Steelers when they had Troy Palomalu and those guys. Um and I love me with some Mike Tomlin as well. I just still think they're a little young. Um, they don't have as much experience, neither. Um, and they have to figure out to get George Pickens involved more. They started to do that a little bit towards the end of mm-hmm. the season. I'm just not sure, outside of George Pickens, Nike Harris, which are two big-time players, will their second guy and Deontay Johnson, will he show up with the right attitude? <laughs> That's been a major thing as well. Um, if he does, then they always they have a chance. My concern with the Steelers is you lost one of the best defensive players in the game, and that's T.J. Watt. I think that's a huge loss, um, mm-hmm. and that could impact them this week. Going up against this Buffalo team that has been hitting on all cylinders towards the end of the season. They got their stuff together at the right time to get themselves in the playoffs, and they ended up winning the division some way, somehow, I'm not. I don't think the Steelers have enough to overcome. If Buffalo hits an awesome this this weekend to overcome Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, um, Cook, and uh, 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 I think it's Gabe Davis still. Um, and the defense over there is not too lively as well. They're going to put a lot of pressure on Mason Rudolph. So I'm going to also go with the Bills. I'm going to say it's going to be 24-21 Bills. And yeah. let's let's see. We got three more games here. Let's see if we can get to it. No way, I'm gonna skip this next game and I'm gonna go to this one. We're gonna go the Rams at the Lions. Now, Brittany, this is gonna be a game I want to see. You know, um the Rams are emerging. They've had a good late surge and look good doing it and then you know, the Lions have 12 wins this season, 12. Um, so we can't discount them. And I don't want to see the Lions again. They almost beat the Cowboys. So I want the Rams to come through for me and go ahead and remind um, <clears throat> uh, Michigan and Detroit and the Lions of their dismal seasons and give them uh, a brutal end to it. Um, this is going to be a good game, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Is this game in Detroit? It is probably, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but is Detroit in a dome now, or is this going to be out in the elements? I think they're in a dome. I believe they're I, yeah. in a dome. I think they're in a dome. So, um, that I think that nullifies the, the weather as a factor, a main factor. So, I'm going to say Rams 34-31. Yeah, I think for me, ooh, this game is tough. This game is tight. Um, <laughs> I think this game is a lot closer than most people uh, will, than most people would think. So I agree with you on that, Princess. Um, I really don't. I think I didn't change my mind about eighty-five different times mm-hmm. with this game. I think Tuesday I said Lions. Yesterday I said the Rams. 
<laughs> I don't know which way to go. I'm going back and forth here, to be honest with you. But this is one game I will not bet on. Um, you, you said it right. The Rams have been – they somehow turned it around. At the beginning of the season, yeah. I thought they wouldn't even make it to the playoffs. They are standing right here. That rookie receiver, Nakua Puka Nakua, Pokemon <laughs> Nakua, whatever his name is, Pikachu. Most um, receiving yards by rookie ever now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, him plus Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford has some targets. Um, they still mm-hmm. have Aaron Donald. I know he's older, but he's still a force to be reckoned with. Um, and this is playoff time, and he's a veteran, so he's going to play harder. The Lions did get some important pieces back. They got C.J. Gardner-Johnson back to shore up that safety position, which I think is huge. They have some very talented players on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I, mm, this is hard. You got Jared Goff and Matthew <laughs> Stafford. I'm going to stick with my day two pick, and that is the Rams. <laughs> I'm not confident in this decision at all whatsoever. I, do, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to stick with the Rams for now. I'm going to say 32 to 28 Rams. Yeah. And and the Lions are favored by three. But I, I think the Rams cover that and, and wins, this game, wins this game. Because I think I just saw something Kevin said about Sean McVay. Sean McVay will be ready. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, no, he says Sean McVay will mess it up. But that's, that's spoken from. Um, a San Francisco 49er fan where they're yeah. in the same division. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> Kevin's um, um, looking out of some, some red and gold glasses there for sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with L.A. and Sean McVay. I loved him during the Super Bowl run, as a matter of fact. I think he really identifies with those with his, with his players. And I, I think that's a mm-hmm. big thing in today's sports, Brittany, and that is, um, it's a generation that sometimes can be far removed from what a 50-year-old knows, interacts, or says or does. Um, a 20-year-old is in a, is a different mindset, even from, you know, back in the day. So I'm going to stick with the, 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 the Rams here. I hope Kevin is not right. I, I want to see Detroit um, eliminated because Dan Campbell is, is a player's coach, and I like his style. I don't want them to go deep. I think they can um, – can can get all the way and 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 play the 49ers tough and that's really who um who I think comes out of the NFC although that really is horrible and chokes me to say <laughs> uh no I agree with you uh I mean you know I me as Eagle fans I would prefer for the Rams to win it cuz if the Eagles win the Rams win guess what happens princess the Eagles play the Cowboys if the Cowboys win the Rams go to the Niners that would be amazing. Two division matchups. Oh no! Hold on. So if the Rams win and the Eagles win, and the Cowboys win, then the Eagles the go to the Cowboys. Yes. Oh no! The I don't want to. <laughs> we got to get our revenge back. Uh, <laughs> so I'm hoping that happens. All right, so I say these two games for last because both of these are our teams. Um, again, mm-hmm. I may I may love my team, but I don't like them right now. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, we mm-hmm. got to talk about your your team. You got the Green Bay Packers once again at the Cowboys. Yeah, this time we're not going to Green Bay. Um, <clears throat> they are at AT and T, where the Cowboys are undefeated this season at home, and they needed to win 
um, home field advantage. They they couldn't have not they couldn't have started the playoffs and have to go somewhere. Obviously, they've already um, proven that they're not good away from the house. So um, from the stadium, and the, the 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 Cowboys have to win this game. It would be a huge travesty for them to allow a second year quarterback, um, Jordan Love, who seems to have gotten his feet up under him now and seems to feel a lot better. Um, I heard Special K on on Kevin's show tonight, hey, you know, the Packers are going to win this one. Um, they're sneaky good. I don't want to hear any of that. I, I think <laughs> the, the Cowboys have emerged at the right time, too. They were disappointing um, after beating the Eagles and then going to the Bills and then going to the Dolphins and losing and looking bad. I think they've recovered from that. Um, so I, I'm picking the Cowboys here. And it, it's a must win. This is their Super Bowl because they can't continue to have good teams and lose in the first round. They can't continue that. If they do, dismantle the whole team from ownership on down to quarterback um, because you can't continue to do this. So I'm picking the Cowboys big here. Um, I'm picking them 28 to 10, 28 to 14. I think they they win by two touchdowns if they are what, what we think they are. They win at least by two touchdowns with a young team that has a young quarterback. And Dan Quinn, I think, is a major factor here. Yeah, I think experience is going to trump all once again. I'm giving this, unfortunately, to the Cowboys. I do think they're going to win um, as much as it it pains me to even say that. I just don't know if the Packers are there yet. They look good towards the end of the season, which is fantastic. But you are going to go up against Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons and a decent, a very good pass rush in the um, Dallas Cowboys, and Dan Quinn is not having it. He is not going to allow some young quarterbacks to beat him, hopefully. On the other side, hopefully Mike McCarthy just doesn't mess up. That's all I'm saying. Um, you got some talent. You got CeeDee Lamb, so I hope he doesn't mess up. He does well. But I'm also picking the Cowboys. I'm going to say 28-17 Cowboys. <clears throat> Last game. <laughs> My game. Mm-hmm. Eagles. My Philadelphia Eagles. Well, at least we get to finally experience some warm weather. <laughs> finally. Last one begins have been rain and cold. Uh, my Philadelphia Eagles are headed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Your prediction. Wow. Um, and this is a toss-up for me, only because Jalen Hurts is hurt, and I think he's been hurt for quite some time. Um, otherwise, you don't have 13, 14, 15 interceptions in a year where really you had a lot of high expectations and you were 10 and one at one time. So, but he didn't throw today. I I made sure to watch practice and all of that for the Eagles today because I was interested. Um, And I'm going to pick the Eagles only because Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers had two weeks to try to win the, the, the NFC South division. They won it, but I think they won it by beating the Panthers who are just, should be off the radar. I think they beat them nine to nothing. Um, and I think they needed to have done, shown me more in that game. Um, I still think this is a toss up, but because of who the Eagles are and their pedigree and what they did last year, I think they come out of the first round um, for sure. But it would not surprise me if somehow Todd Bowles was able to draw up something, um, especially defensively, um, to get the the, the the Eagles. The Eagles have not looked good, and I was disappointed that even in the last game, they finally just said, okay, we throw in the towels, towels with the Giants. 
And, no, I don't think that they're playing coy. I don't think that they're doing any of that. They really tried to come out and win that game because the division was still up in the air, wasn't it? You know, the Cowboys playing the, the commanders, they, they, they are playing the Giants. And the Cowboys could have lost to the commanders, the commanders to score. I know I'm going all around and about here, but I'm going to pick the Eagles, but it's going to be a two- or three-point win if they do. I'm, I'm disappointed that this is where we are with the Eagles after a 10-1 season. Um, but I think it all starts with A.J. Brown, who's not happy, and Jalen Hurts, who's hurt, and the fact that they lost their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator. And you're, you're bound to incur some strife during the season when you lose that kind of continuity. But I'm going to go with your, with your, your Eagles, um, but I'm rooting for the Buccaneers for sure. So the first time I made my prediction, I said the Bucks. I did. <laughs> Yesterday, I just, I just changed it because I felt like I was being a little too harsh on my team. So I did pick the Eagles, but I'm not confident with that prediction princess. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. I, I do feel they got a little complacent. Um, a couple of the players came out and, and said that if you watch the game, you could see their effort just wasn't in it. They weren't going all out. Football, you have to put effort in it. You have that many missed tackles. Beginning of the year, they didn't have this many missed tackles. You have that many missed tackles because there's lack of effort there. Um, it just seemed like ever since they clinched the division, which is around that Bills 49ers game, it just seemed like they didn't want to put as much effort into anything. And granted, you had the hardest schedule coming a long season last year, going into the Super Bowl. You lost the Super Bowl, unfortunately. And then you come into this season with the hardest schedule in the NFL. And you had to go through some tough emotional games. Um, and then you hit some big, two big-time teams and you got blown out. It's just like as soon as they clinched that division, it was just like we don't have to go as hard. We'll be fine. We're going to make it to the playoffs. And I kind of felt that energy a little bit. But the problem is that you can't just all of a sudden ramp it up. Like, it's hard. <laughs> it was a long physical game, and it hits your mentality hard. I just don't know if they're in the right mental space right now. And can they just get that together in a week? I'm not sure. Also, the coach, I'm not trusting in what Nick Seriani is saying, what plays he's putting out on the field, because if you watch the games, he's recycling the same seven, eight, or nine plays throughout the entire course of the game. And the other team knows this. They know what call that you're going to make next. So my confidence is, whew, I'm going to still go with my Eagles, though. I hope they they somehow blow this team out, and they, I hope they somehow get it back together. Um, I don't care regardless mm-hmm. what the Eagles' defense does. The offense has enough talent. If the defense allows 28 points, the offense has enough talent to score 32 points. Really. And I'm being so dead serious right now. I just don't trust in the, the head coach to put a game plan together to ensure these players succeed properly. Um, but I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think it's going to be a closer game than I would like. Um, I'm going to say a 21-17 game. 21-17. 21-17 Eagles. Um, the Eagles yes. are favored by three in Florida at Tampa Bay. So let's see what happens. But, um, you know, I've seen these up-and-down seasons from my Cowboys. When they got to the playoffs, I would just say, okay, you know what? If they're not going far, just go ahead and let them lose in the first round. Um, you know, but this year I'm hopeful. You know, as Stephen A. Smith said, mm-hmm. it's a 50-50 chance that they could at least get to the, you know, to the Super Bowl. 
I just don't think they, they have enough to maybe beat the Eagles a second time or enough to beat, beat the 49ers in a, in a championship game. So, um, but here we are. The playoffs are here. We've gotten to the 17-game, you know, barrage um, in, what, in 19 weeks. Let's see what happens. Um, but I do think the Eagles are limping into the playoffs, and that is not where I expected them to be when they, went, they got to 10-1. and I didn't expect them to be here. I absolutely agree, Princess, but I will say this about the Cowboys. I hope they don't make it, but, hey, you never know. They finally let Jimmy Johnson in the Hall of Fame. So things could change. <laughs> and he said, I have one more thing to say. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I had to leave with that one. I couldn't let that go for sure. I've been needling um, Larry Tisdale and, and stuff. We went a long time tonight, but it was good because we've been out a while. Um, I'll let you go, Brittany. Um, but I, I appreciate you. I love talking sports with another woman that knows sports, and I think you rival any of them out there. I appreciate you. I hope my Eagles bring it like we did today. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let's see for sure. Have a great weekend, Brittany. That's where we are. We're on Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. Stay safe. Stay warm. And um, we'll see you later, okay? Absolutely. We will talk again after both our teams play. Hopefully we both advance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Never had it so good. She knows sports with Brittany and Princess. We'll see you next Thursday.